0: We left off yesterday. We made our way down to Kufam Hey, but up to the word gufa. Right after the two colon. Um, gufa. Pickles, which you squeezed. Amarath, if you squeeze them for the purpose legoufan, in order because you don't like a watery pickle. So motter, that's totally permissible. let if you wanted pickle juice. Potter av anyway, what you did is potter. It's not a biblical prohibition, but it is us. So you're not supposed to do it. The shlaka is legufa, and mutter. If you took boiled vegetables, right, and did the same thing, whether you did this legufa, and whether you were squeezing out the juice because you enjoyed them less juicy, or the legumei because you wanted the juice, that's actually permissible either way. That's totally permissible. Okay, that's the opinion of Rav. Rav is the most maker. Shmuel says in both cases, pickles and boiled vegetables, um, you're allowed to squeeze out the juice to enjoy the actual vegetable, um, but if you're trying to get the juice, it's Pater HaValaser. It's, while it's not a biblical prohibition, but it's still awesome. <laughs> right? Uh, in order to, if you're doing it to enjoy the product differently, the actual vegetable, that's fine. But if you're doing it uh, to extract the juice, then it's an instant. We <laughs> have says, you can squeeze pickles on Shabbos for Shabbos. Um, olives and grapes, you should not squeeze. And if you do squeeze them, you're chayiv Says the Gemara, Nobody can explain such a thing. That uh, suggests the implication is that you can squeeze out pickles. Says the Gemara, everyone's going to explain it according to their own opinion. What's Rav going to say? You can squeeze pickles out on Shabbos for purposes of Shabbos, not for after Shabbos. Here's the explanatory part Move on. That's only to the extent that you're squeezing them out because you like them a little squeezed out. You know, you like to enjoy the pickle that's not so juicy. may me if you want the pickle juice, that is, forbidden. Right? It's not a. It's not a biblical prohibition, but it's also. boiled vegetables However, boiled vegetables, um, whether you're trying to improve, <laughs> me, their flavor, or whether you're trying to extract their juice. Um, both of them are permissible. Okay, that's how Rav's going to read things. Um, that's Motter And And of course, grapes and olives, you're not allowed to squeeze them. If you do squeeze them, you are Chad. Shmuel Taratz Tamei. who holds the middle position, is going to say as follows: You can squeeze pickles for Shabbos on Shabbos, and so to boiled vegetables. What am I referring to is when it's fun when you're trying to improve the texture or whatever of the vegetable? and if you're trying to extract the juice, whether it's pickle juice or boiled vegetables, you um, are right? It's forbidden, even though it's not but of course, grapes and all that you squeezing Finally, we'll read it. As per his shita, right, you can squeeze kivash and pickles for Shabbos, not Mitzvah Shabbos, again, what am I referring to? I'm referring to the gufon, you're trying to improve the texture flavor of the actual vegetable. If you're doing it for uh, their juice, you're now squeezing if you do squeeze out pickles for the juice, is just like squeezing out a grape or an olive. And that's a m'lachadad advice. Okay. Okay from a Torah perspective, either, right? so you're only chayib, not just, not even really for squeezing, only for trampling, right? only for trampling. Um, uh, um, I just, I, I presented that really incorrectly. Because the way of squeezing out grapes is generally to trample them, trampling them is therefore m'lach Now, if you trample out, you know, apples until you make get apple juice, that's not deraise, that's not really how apples are juiced. But grapes and olives, even trampling them with one's feet. Um nets you a chatas. That's in the for trampling your only chaiev, on grapes and olives. The ain aid, okay, and once we're on the subject of uh, quotes from the Ein of aid Kasher. The technique of p A. Let's say we want to use a witness to tell another witness something. Um, uh, hearsay witness, right? That's only Kasher El Adis Isha. It's only Kasher for Adis. We think at this point the Gemara means Adis Isha. Adis, which we need to free a woman to remarry. Adis Isha Bovat, right? We need to pass on that someone saw her husband die. Ivoi Lo the Gemara what about we're trying to establish whether or not a particular animal? Right, sometimes we we, uh, we get a bukhar A bechar comes before us, and it has a mum. The animal has a. Mum. But the problem is we don't know. Maybe the owner deliberately uh, put a mum in to the animal he gave it a mum on purpose. Right, that was something that we discussed. <sighs> mm. To something that we discussed. Um, um, is the Kayan likely to uh, deliberately put a mum in the Bahar. So sometimes what you can do is you could bring Aiden and say, oh, I bring a witness and say, oh, he didn't do it. I saw it happen. It happened naturally, right? Um, so if that's the case, if that's the case, then he's able to, he has a broader range of things that he can do with the animal. So he needs an aid. So, can you use an ABPA? Can you say, uh, well, I'm, I don't have my friend who was with me the whole time, but he told our other friend that uh, that the, the the blemish happened on its own? So, so it says the Gemara of Ami also. Ami said it's no good. Ravasi, sure, Ravasi, Ravasi. Ravasi wasn't happy with Ravasi. He said, but Tan is Beymanashia in ABPA. Didn't we learn from Beymanashia that uh, only Avis Isha is viable? Under those circumstances, only the edus to um, ascertain whether someone's husband is alive, which we're very make What we meant to say was edus which a woman is kasher for. All right, So that's actually a broader range of things. A woman's allowed to, to give edus for a few things, including b'chorf. Says the Igmar, Rav Yemar Asher Aid the Bukhar, Rav Yemar was in the practice of uh, of permitting these situations of Aid Me aid like Rav Asi, Kari Ali Marimai, Yemar Shari Bukhar. So Marimar clearly wasn't happy and used to call him Yemar Shari Bukhar, right? who permits Bukhar. The fact of the matter is, we actually do pass in Allah Halam so that Aid Me Pied, hearsay, witness can be used for Bukhar. Cakes of honey, or honeycomb, They came with the following In this case, while it sounds like the earlier parts of the mission, it's really quite similar to the part of the mission we just quoted about honeycombs. So you have grapes and olives, which you crushed so, awesome. so now, like a honeycomb, you, you crush them, and now they're just kind of a mixture of solids and liquids, and uh, over the course of the, shower, the liquids kind of began to pour out. So, um, we ask Rav Shimon and say that uh, that juice is permitted. Asks, he says, really, that's the same halacha as the honeycomb. Why do you come? You came to say oh, you should know not only your Blazar, but also Rav Shimon. Right? He's a Rav Yosef, an extra person. The Mishnah didn't mention him Shimon. Now you're mentioning him Oh, Now we know some extra people. It's so the same exact halacha though. That if in this scenario, um, and we have a machlagis time. Uh, okay, very good. Right. So it's actually a little different from the Mishnah. In the case of the Mishnah, the honey ultimately the whole time, right? Honeycomb remains in its food state. Right. In other words, the honey, and in the case of the Mishnah, the honey is a food throughout. Um, but uh, but uh, but now, uh, over here, right, uh, with, with the grapes and the olives, it starts out as the fruit and ends up as a liquid. So it's uh, slightly different. You might think it's a lot of classification, slightly different. So uh, you can't assume that the same achlegus carries over. Kamash, Milan, that's not the case, okay? Anu Mishnah. Anything which, which passed under hot water, Right, spend some time it was cooked in hot water um, on air Shabbos, so you may you can soak it again in hot water on Shabbos. Something that didn't wasn't actually boiled, so you can you can wet it, right? You can splash it um, with hot water on Shabbos, so you can soak it. the exception of an old salted uh, item of some kind, uh, sort of fish. But Last year's salted fish, Rashi says. Um, what else? The coolest has fun, which is a particular type of salted fish. Shahada um, uh, That kind of fish, as soon as you pour hot water over it, so that's already basically cooking it. That's all the prep it needs, and therefore you're not supposed to do that. Shabbos says, "Mark may what exactly is the baba chamed? What is the case uh, of a hot?" of the boiled food, which we restore, were permitted to restore under other hot water on Shabbos. Um, to go to the Rebbe Abba. Apparently Rebbe had a funny practice that he would, uh, yeah, would like boil down his chicken to crazy, to like uh, a liquid consistency. Yeah, he would boil it for days and days and days. Um, and then he would just drink the mixture. Um, Safra, one time I went to visit Rebbe and he gave me some of this chicken. <laughs> He says, if not for the fact that Rabbi Abba quickly brought me some some good wine, um, I would have thrown up. That's how bad it is. (laughs) Rabbi Echeren used to spit from the kutach. Kutach is a fermented dairy uh, product which um, depending on the strength of your stomach uh, I can imagine um, in in a world without refrigeration was probably pretty pungent and unpleasant. I believe it's traditionally made on the roof in the sun over the course of weeks. Um, they still do make it in parts of Iraq and Iran. Um, and it used to make Rebechron sick to his stomach. Um to go to Um right says uh um, was kind of Complaining, right? He was saying, "What do you mean?" You know, he was saying, "We we love kudach. We find that not, that 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 dish to be delicious." Um, uh, you know, he's like, "Well, we we would spit because of the chicken of Rebaba, right? He, he feels that uh, that they're being unfair to Babylonian cuisine. He says one time I went there to right. The Gemara is doing a little standing up for Babylonian food a little, right? One time I went to Etzol and I made uh, I made kutach and all the sick people of of the of the West were lining up to get some. So, okay, he he stood up for Babylonian culinary culture. Anything which didn't go through hot water says more mai right? Hidiyach mai. What if you splashed it with hot water on of Shabbos right before Shabbos? What then can you? right? If subsequent or I'm sorry, if you splashed with hot water on Shabbos. If you do actually splash these uh easily um, cooked uh things like the, the those types of fish that are instantly cooked with a little bit of hot water, so you have My brother, Marbury Darabina says, I can show this from, from uh, um, The Mishnah as well. As as the Mishnah said, an old salted fish, last year's salted fish, and the kli has spawned and fish. When you splash it with water, it's gemar melacha, right? The implications are trying to say it's the melacha of gemar melacha of makov or something along those lines. And fell asleep. He was dozing. So they start shusing. Why are the chickens in bavel so fat? he says, He corrects him, I think, for speaking negatively about bavel in relation to Heretz Yisrael. And he says, "Turn to the, the desert of Gaza." The I'll show you fatter chickens. Why are the Yomim in uh, in Bavel so much more exciting, so much more fun? more right? Uh, because uh, because um, they're, they're poor, right? So on Yom they celebrate more. Interesting, um, because they're more relieved. Why is the in Babel so special, so well dressed? So very very interesting. Like he's he's trying to say all these milos, all these plus sides of the Bavel, and he keeps correcting him, in, in, like, in favor of Eretz And he's saying, oh, you know, don't get fooled. The Bavel are well-dressed, because they're not tear they got to make up for the lack of learning. Why are non-Jews... like, what's it? Why do they, they have an unpleasant aspect or something? Because they eat, they eat the uh, bugs. So the Torah, Rabbi Eichon, Rabbi Eichon woke up. Amalehu he says, "Dardeki kindelach, right? Like how? Didn't I tell you? I'm bar luchach Right? I always tell you, I'm bar Say to wisdom, you are my sister. So he says, grammatically, right? In bar luchah, if you are as clear as in, in whatever you're saying, as you are clear in the fact that you're not allowed to marry your sister, right? Achosiot, you're my sister. We can't get married. So." Um, right, that's the attitude that you have to have to any Torah you have to that you're saying, I'm so raised, then you can say it, but if you can't, uh, if you're not that confident, then you shouldn't say anything. So, I'm really believing right? Maybe you could explain us the and explain to us the answer to the question, why are the chickens above that? He says, and he corrects them, and he says, because the chickens didn't go into Golish, right? All these. Uh, there was no exile of the uh, of the chickens, I suppose, but of the people as well. Um, surrounding Eretz Yisrael, um, how do we know that in Eretz Yisrael the chickens went into No person passed the Yehuda for fifty-two years. Right after the it's really pretty wild that this Gemara falls out today. Um, the Passock says, In Yumio, over the mountains I lift up my uh, crying. Right? No one's here, not even any birds, not even the animals. And the Gemara throws in Behema, the word Behema is bigematria. the is Chamish Bithartan Havu. It's 52. Right? It is, by the way. It's not one of those. It's 52. Okay? So it's 52. So that's the right. So that, there were no Behemoths, right? That's when you know 52 years. Um, and we know that there were no animals and no birds, pestle. So the pests, so the the animals themselves were cleared out of Eretz Yisrael after the destruction for many years. And it took a while until they crept back in, so they're, uh, they're still not a, a hardy breed. <laughs> they all came back except for this one fish, um, the has Hasponen fish. Um Dhammer of Hani, Dhamma Rav, excuse me, Rav said, Hani Madri the Bavel, Mahadri Mailain Itam. Um uh, the excuse me, Hani Madri the Mahadri Mailain. Itam Bahai came into Light Shader, Shidray Lemati Salah. All the different animals of Bavel came uh through uh the underground channels. Um, back to Aratisro, with the exception of this, has a spine, which doesn't have a strong enough spine, right? It's not like salmon, it can't go upstream, it doesn't have a strong enough spine, and it couldn't swim back to Aratisro. Okay. Why are young Taith and Bubble much happier? They are not cursed by the curse of Aratisro. Right? Uh, unfortunately, Kli uh, received a terrible curse in share that the, the the all the celebration would be muted. not want to see our our celebrations. <laughs> Angry at us. Okay, my They were a drag. They were a burden to me to the not it's bad, bad enough They, uh, that they misbehave, but they also want to know uh, what what punishment, you know, I'm going to give them. I have to say, I'm not 100% certain what that's a reference to. Um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, there's no yamtiv has passed because of this curse. Every yamtiv, is somehow the soldiers, the cops, end up doing a raid on Tveria and Yamtiv, right? That's part of the curse. The Goyim somehow managed to ruin Um, Okay. Uh, excuse me, I cut off thoroughly. So apparently these are Latin words, and a Balzamer means a holder of branches, which maybe refers to a fascist, I'm not sure. Um, but uh, these are Roman officials. Um, I didn't cut off. Thoroughly, I skipped a line. Right, the, the Feds always show up on the optics. Um, right, uh, because they have to distinguish themselves because they're not locals. Right, they're 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 um, they're out of towners. I am not 100% sure if he means uh, he means that, uh, uh, presumably, or no, Rashi says, excuse me, that uh, that he's coming from Iraq. So I thought you could possibly also say that uh, they're not necessarily originally, right, they come to the towns of Surin <laughs> or they're not necessarily originally from there, that was just where you had to go to learn. But anyway, the reason they dress specifically uh, a different way is the I mean, Armenian must Right when I'm when I'm in town, right when everyone knows who I am. So I say, "Oh, so My name is Toini, and everyone knows who I am. That I'm a I'm a learned person. But if I'm not, people don't know who I am. So I have to dress in order to indicate, I suppose, my status. I have to dress in a way that reflects. Okay. Um, The Pasuk says, Right? The Yisrael will blossom and put out flowers. Uh, this is a reference to the Tamilicham, of bagel who make flowers and buds to the Torah, right? They're great Tamilicham. This is already some positive pro Bavel talk. Right, there right. They Why the last question? Why are the non-Jews dirty? Why are they? I guess that's called bad. because they were not Harsina. So shabon nachash right. So it means spiritually impure. So b'shosh shabon nachash al the right. When the nachash, uh, the, nachash um, uh, the nachash had relations with chava. This is a part of the, uh, the strange, mysterious madrashim around the story of the nachash. Gracious. But anyway, right, when the Nachash had, had relations with Chavah, it left some bad, some evil in her, and it created an evilness that's inherent in human physicality, human spirituality, maybe. So, um, that, that, that grossness was taken away, um, to some extent, at least. But the non-Jews who didn't stand at Arsina, they didn't have that. Benefit. I'm What about Gairim? even though they themselves weren't there, but something mysterious. Their mazzle, right? Their mazzle was at Arsina, right? We don't know exactly what that means, but a again, someone who converts, we say, we now know that he must have had some connection to Arsina Um right? the pasig The invokes, the Pasig mentions. See it in a few weeks in the barn. Um, the Pasik mentions that there are some who are here and some who are not here. So who's not here? So who's not here is some people who haven't yet found their way. But there are some, but uh, their ancestors, not their ancestors, but their spiritual roots are also um at harsimer. Um okay. That's uh abakan. Damer vav akana. At Shleishu there <inaudible> is still a poskazuama. saying, Rabbi disagrees. He says that it took three generations for the zuama for the Schmutz to leave our forefathers. Avram had is si Right, we see shmalt's birth is an indicator that the shmots is still there. The Shmaltz, it was not good. Yisrael had Esav. Esav is also a bad fellow. So we see the zuama was still there. Yaakov had given minshvateim. By the time we got to Yaakov, no zuama left, and he gives birth to twelve. Shvatim, who are perfect tzaddikim, right? Um, so we see that the Zuhamah had left, and we see, obviously, that Rabbi Yaakov's opinion is, excuse me, Rabbi Rahman's opinion is, that Yaakov of Vinu, um, or that rather the Zuhama had left Klai Yisrael long before Amteira, as early as, as um, Yaakov knew Mishnah. A person can break a barrel in order to pull out some uh, pressed, dried figs from it. But he can't intend to be making a clee, a functioning container, when he does this. You can't pierce the seal of a barrel. However, you shouldn't pierce the seal from the side. Um, That's not the correct thing to do. Um... Uh, right, so the, the basis of Yehuda's opinion is that you're making an opening for the barrel, but Chum permitted because that's not the normal way to open a barrel. However, you can't do it from the side. wasn't explain what that means. And if it already has, well, you shouldn't put wax over the whole wife, Because you're smoothing the wax. It's um, or rather uh, in the place Rashi says of uh, of Arabia, or Something a sure sounds like Arabia, but he said, I don't know what to tell you. I'm concerned. I can't permit this because it sure smells like um, a situation. I didn't want to be making it on the question. It seems the, um, excuse me, not the, the, the the matter of the wax. Right, this halacha only applies to um, this halacha that you can use the uh, the knife to break the um, to break the barrel, right? I assume these are earthenware barrels. It's only the case when the figs are very well pressed together. If they're scattered, if they're pulled apart, then it's not permitted, right? Um, because uh, we're afraid. Um, because, because essentially, the reason that you're allowed to pull out the knife um, is to cut yourself off a slice of the pressed figs, right? That's that's malacha, uh, that's And on the way, you can uh, you can cut the barrel. But uh, in the case of the scattered figs, you don't need a knife for them, so there's no permission to move the knife um, in advance, right? This is the opinion of Rabbi Nachemiah, who holds you only move things um, for their special their tashbishham right because knives are not really meant for breaking barrels they're meant for cutting food they're not really meant for breaking barrels according to right you're not allowed as per rashi so you're not allowed to move a knife for that purpose says more for other is that really the case may say right says maybe a person can bring a barrel of wine and whack off its head with a sword um, and and it's no problem. Right? So who cares? It's, you see that you're allowed to open barrels with swords. Right, that's according to Rabban, According to that you can only take out swords and for things they're intended for, for food, not for barrel breaking. So therefore, uh, you need to have some food related excuse to take out the. Why does he insist on that? Why doesn't he just say it's going to Rabbanan? And that includes even even um, things that don't require a knife to separate them. Because the Mishnah says something funky. It's strange. Why does the Mishnah say Geroi is pressed figs? Why don't you say, I don't know, apples, a barrel of apples? Why do you have to say that they're pressed figs? Answer must be. Melish. and he's trying to say the things are pressed and they're well pressed and you need a knife to cut them okay we learned in one so they had like these braided um, sealed baskets which they used which they would put the dates and things into Um, I think not unlike how we would take you know a pomegranate that's still hard uh, avocado that's still hard and throw it in a paper bag or something so um, so uh, we want the dates to ripen, so we put them in the sealed basket. So, matir, mafkiah, v'chayteh. You can open up, you can untie them, and you can unbraid them, and you can cut them up. Matir, matir, mafkiah, v'chayteh. You can only untie them, but you can't unbraid them, and you can't cut them. more, again, l'kasha, like, ha, rabbon, Har remnechamyeh. This is the rabbon, then that's the remnechamyeh. Tanya, the woman, the remnechamyeh. Even a spoon or a talus or a knife—all these things are totally innocuous uh, items which should be able to be uh, used on Shabbos. We only move them, um, right, for the proper use that they are intended for. Right, so you can't use a use a knife to cut the braids open, um, or to cut the basket open. You have to untie it by hand. Okay. Can I puncture a barrel with a spear, right? With a big uh, javelin or something. It says that we say your intent is to make a Hesach. your intent is to make a new um, uh, efficient hole, and uh, and therefore, it should be forbidden. Maybe you're trying to uh, make a large enough hole to pour lots of wine. Um, and therefore, maybe it should be permitted, right? Maybe it should be permitted um, because my intent is just to be generous um, um, and uh, the fact that I'm making a big hole with a spear is not because of my desire to make efficient holes, but because of my desire to just pour lots of wine. Like I'm smashing open the barrel of wine, right? So I'm not I'm not trying to be a hole builder. Um, so maybe you should be permitted on my leg, The piscocum lost No, you're you're opening the container, and it's forbidden. Maybe on the should we know that you can whack, you can crack open a barrel of wine with a sword. So that would seem to be the same logic uh, to permit the whacking open of barrels of uh, wine with a sword. Says, well, "No, if, you, if somebody chops open a barrel of wine with a sword, obviously his intent is to pour out all the wine. That's what he's trying to do, and we permit that." And "Over here, you know." His intent had been uh, to be generous, so a more generous way than poking a big hole with the spear would have been to just simply open up the barrel, remove the seal of the barrel. Right? And it seems like you know chopping it open with the sword is the most dramatic way to show that you're, you're ready to pour out all your wine. But over here with the spear, so you made a big hole with the spear, that's a nice thing to do, but if you want to show how generous you're being, the most generous thing would be to simply open up the top of the barrel. Okay. So Instead we say we assume that you're trying to make an efficient hole for pouring out wine and it's forbidden all right you can't pierce the seal of the barrel of wine that the whole is from above but from the side everyone agrees that it's forbidden right everyone agrees that it's forbidden because um that's like a very right when you, when, when somebody pierces the top. Of a barrel, that's an unusual way to open the barrel. However, if you pierce the bottom of the side of the barrel seal, that's like the kind of the standard way, or at least one of the standard ways that a person opens a barrel, and therefore you're opening barrels in Shabbos, which is not permitted. Says the Gemara, behind the Gatani Lake That's what we meant in the Mishnah when we said like venomized, you shouldn't pierce it from the sun what the, the makhlik is, is actually on the side. But when you're talking about on top of the barrel, that's something that everyone agrees on. Um, that's something that everyone agrees on. Uh, and, uh, and you're allowed to do it. Right? Piercing the side of the barrel. says the Gemara, What do we do with the mission? It says, you shouldn't pierce the side. That's the reference, not to the seal of the barrel, not the side of the seal of the barrel, but the actual side, the wall of the barrel. That is a very standard way to open barrels, and you're certainly not allowed to do it. said, make a new hole in the barrel and chops. Well the highest of mice if there's an existing hole and you came to expand it, that you'll add a deviation. Some say you can't expand it. But everyone agrees that you can um, you can poke a new hole that has been sealed um, right that's kind of been sealed up so you can poke a new hole on that same spot, right? Because the 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 sealing is you really just poking through some, like, layer of wax or whatever that's been used to seal the hole. Um, right? That's not a new hole. According to the Tanakhama, um, why does he agree that you can make a new hole? What's the difference between a new hole and a old hole? Does the more like of attacking Pisgah, Right again. Um, of course, the answer is that you're not making a new hole. Right, a new hole is a new hole, but an old hole that's covered over by a layer of wax or something, The hole is still there. says the Gemara isufinami come attacking Pista? Right. Uh, so similarly, right the, when you're. Um, when you're expanding uh, a new hole, right, when you're, expecting, when you're expanding a new hole, it should be the same problem, right? Ultimately, you're making, well, while it's true there used to be a smaller hole, but now you've made a bigger hole, so that should also be forbidden. Why does he forbid it so freely? So it's like, The truth of the matter is that from a Torah perspective, any hole which is not made to both let things in and let things out, remember, a hole in the side of the barrel is not there to let things in, it's there to let things out. Now so we we don't put things into a barrel through a hole, so um, really the whole thing, the the, the entire thing is um uh, is kind of is kind of not real because when I tell you the only the only hole that matters is the hole that is used to put things the, both to put things through and to take things out. However because of the uh in a chicken coop David Davidly yuliavi so apparently there was a widespread practice of making ventilation holes in a chicken coop um right um uh, we're worried um we don't want people to um we don't want people to come to uh to make Holes in the chicken coop, I suppose that the the, uh, the chicken people will panic because the chickens might die from the bad air actually implies, um, and therefore we want to make sure it's very clear that no holes are allowed and there, so we we, we we instituted stricter policies about holes um, so therefore these things are there right um, there's no gazera, however. Um, when it comes to adding on to holes, why? Because I right? People, uh, there, there, there's no—I don't, I don't really understand the physical mitzvahs, but you don't really need to add more holes to a chicken coop. You just need to have one small hole, and that suffices for ventilation. We're not concerned that a person is going to broaden the hole, because we're primarily we're primarily concerned about people getting in the habit of making holes and therefore being makel, uh in reference to the chicken coops. Um, and why is that right that they don't make a larger hole or you might say what do you mean that they're going to make a big hole uh, to let out lots of air for the for the ventilation of the chickens if you make a big hole then vermin uh, you know ferrets who knows what um are going to climb through the hole and eat your chickens um and some say that you actually can't broaden the hole. right sometimes um, the hole you make in the chicken coop is not even big enough for ventilation, so you may come to broaden it. So they're worried about that, and therefore they forbid even making holes which are not lahach and which don't bring in and bring out, but only bring out atu, um, right, as a safeguard against making chicken coop sized holes of the same kind. Okay. Says the Everyone agrees you can make it, You can pierce a new hole that's been temporarily sealed. It depends what the purpose is. If it was there right? If it was there to, uh, um, uh, to to keep in the smell of the wine to keep the wine from like going stale, basically. So that's what we're talking about. However, if it was made khazik, right? If the seal was put in. Um, actually to like repair the barrel so it should hold the liquid wine, right, also, oh, that you already can't break. That, that's such, such, a, such a seal over a hole. You c- it's just like making a new hole. How do I know which is which? If the hole is above the wine line. So it's obviously there to, um, to um, the, the, the seal has obviously been placed on it to preserve the smell, the air of the wine. Right, so that's okay. L'matim and ayin, but if it's below the wine line, zeh l'chazik. That's obviously there. We see also that the wine doesn't spill out. V'rova almar l'matim and ayin, nam zeh l'shemar. This is no, Even if it's below the wine line, sometimes it's also there um to preserve the smell, the air. Veheichadam l'chazik. You're going to nikah v'l'matim and ashemar. You only know if it's l'chazik if if the if it was pierced. Lower than where the smart of the uh, the solids that are in the wine sit. That's like that's clearly lechazik. Okay, I don't really know much about barrels of wine, but that's how they knew. This is a price that it backs you up. Right. So this is kind of an obscure halacha, but um, when uh, when when we have a shared courtyard, the halacha is how do we divide who owns which parts of the chatzar, right? So every house gets a certain amount of space. So when you have a sealed house, sometimes a, a see, there's a sealed entryway. Some, some, the house doesn't have a functioning entryway. So actually, if it's sealed, um, despite the fact that it's sealed, it still gets it still gets a four-ama space in the chatzar, right? Because there are some seals that are not permanent seals. Some seals are not permanent seals, which lines up. With um, with um Rava's assessment that sometimes even uh, a hole in on the wine line past the wine line is not to be a seal on the hole past the wine line should not be assumed to be a permanent seal. is but if the door frame was broken on the sealed door, right somitonic so of you oh, excuse me, I jumped down a line. Ainley um, It does not get that four of space. It's not considered to be a door anymore. So it doesn't. It's not considered a separate unit within the courtyard. Similar principle. And similarly, we find This is an. This is an even more um, obscure aloha reference to a. You have a some a sealed up house which has a dead body in it, right? So um, it projects tumma to a certain extent, but if it's sealed, it doesn't project the tumma. However, right, because it's it's like a, a, a body in a closed building. However, if the um, if the frame is broken, so it's really just like a body in a kever, a body in a grave, and it projects tumma as far as um, as far as any kever projects tumma. Okay. Guvsa, says the Gemara, Guvsa is a uh, a hollow reed that they would insert into the wine barrel. Guvsa, um, Rabba, sorry, Rabba says he can't do it. says says permitted. What do you call it? The um, to cut the reed in order to make it usable as a uh, straw to extract wine, essentially a siphon. Everyone agrees that's forbidden. the and everyone agrees that if it was already in there, you can put it back in. He You cut it, but the barrel has never had a siphon inserted before. Right, the opinion that forbids says we're afraid the you're going to end up. cutting Siphon on Shabbos, Mandashari, Legazarin. The other opinion says, No, there's no such thing. This is matches in my Hugs. You, you cannot cut a hollow reed on Yantavin, so claimed Vishabh, certainly not on Shabbos. Nafla, Mazir and Savishabh, so it falls out of the barrel again. The hollow reeds be used as a siphon. If it falls out, um, you can put it back on Shabbos, ain't so and certainly on Yantav. Okay. For um, Rabbi Yeshia, Mekel. Yeshia is Mekel on something. So what's he Mekel on? Rabbi Yeshia, what's he being Mekel? He come attacking It can't be that he's Mekel on making a new reed, on cutting a new reed. That's making it clean for sure. Can't do that. All right? Ela seifa. Tanakamai meshukashay. What? So he's Mekel on putting it back in the hole, right? The Tanakam is also Mekel. So what, what? are we telling it? Or so, you should know Rabbi Yeshia is Mekel. Ela the What he meant was excuse me, right? It was already cut, but it was not inserted into the barrel yet. Right? You can be naive. That's the arguing about Gazrina or Marsava that's Rabbi Yeshia. holds and we don't have to make an exactly that you might come to cut a new siphon. Tanakama holds that you might come to cut a new siphon. says Rabbi Yeshia says says in fact, read down to the Mishnah, and then we will stop. The M'hayis and the Kuva, right? We said if the barrel um, already had a hole, and then you sealed it with, but you're not supposed to seal it with wax because uh, it's mimarech, it's smoothing. So what about congealed oil? Imagine like coconut oil that congeals at room temperature. Rav, Rav says that's also forbidden. Rav says, no, that's not like wax. That's, uh, that's even less of a thing, and Rav permits. Manda Osar, why is Rav forbidden? Gazrin and Misham Shaivy, you might be the facts. Manda Shari, Le Gazrin, the other opinion says, Le Gazrin, there's no such thing. You said, Beferish, in the name of Rav, that Mishkashari, that oil is permitted. Right, so how can you tell me Rav holds oil is forbidden when you once told us oil is permitted? So, um, says the Amora. Right, it sounds like we just uh, leave that there. Amar tavus rishva, tavus the hunter said. Amar hi tarf, hi um, hi uh, tarf the Um aser. Tarf the is a is a leaf, a myrtle leaf. A myrtle leaf would be put in a hole in the barrel, and it could be used as like a faucet, right? Like I said, it was like a, and it was a very small hole. I don't know. They're using to direct the flow of wine or whatever. So my time. Says Nimar, Rav Yehmar, Midifti explains, Kazer You may come to in certain actual spigot, which is of course forbidden. So therefore, we don't even allow you to use like a leaf for the light. Rav says we're concerned someone's going to pluck a leaf. Right? We don't want anyone plucking leaves on Shabbos. Might be naive. It could be naive. The to one could be sad. Right? The last community is going to be. Um. Um. When you have like a, a separate collection of off leaves, so you might say in that case, right? There's no chashash, You're going to pluck off more. Rav Aser Shmuel, In that case, Rav is going to say it's still. Um, um, this, is, this is coming back to the question of the of the reeds, right? Rav. Um, I'm sorry, reset. That's how it's going on, right? You have your, uh, you have your, you have your. Uh, I, I I I mistranslated the last line. You have the the leaves that you have your the leaves um, wrapped up in a cloth. Um, end of story. That's the end of the the leaf story. Now says the Gemara, right? A new subject, a new subject. Um. Uh, excuse me. Right? That's the, that was the mistake I made. I read through anyways. Now, Beisadi. you are a type of uh, felt uh, garments or sheets. Rav Osar, Shari. So, Rav forbids them. Rav says you can't wear them um, and carry them by wearing them. Right? They're not really a proper garment. Vishmol Shari, you may. Now, Berachin very soft felt. Uh, sheets, the pli the Shari, right? A very soft sheet of felt can be a piece of clothing. And the Kassian, a very hard one, the Kuliamalei the Aser, everyone agrees that that's not a piece of clothing. You is kind of like a mid-grade hardness that's not so normal to wear as clothing, but in theory it could be worn as clothing. So, Man the Aser Merci the one who forbids them, says, oh, it looks like you're carrying a burden. Man the Shari, Kamasi, the one who permits them, says, look, the fact of the matter is, it does not look like a burden, it looks like cloth." So more about the Rav, We don't know Rav Shita on this from something he told us. And it happened in the story. Rav the Rav came to a certain place, so there was no room. So Nafik, he went out to sit. the he sat in the street, which was a caramel So So they brought him as a mark of honor, they brought him these felt clothing. So La he refused to sit on this felt material. Right? So some people thought. Then it means that Beisadiyah's Asur, that such a medium-grade uh, hardness um, felt material is forbidden to uh, carry out on Shabbos because it doesn't count as a gram. The truth of the matter is, the Gmar explains, Valahi, it's not true. The Rav beisad Shari. Rav actually let everyone know beisad um uh, uh, the, this type of felt is actually permitted to wear as a garment and carry uh, in, uh, by wearing it. Right. He didn't want to sit on it because he had with him Rav Asi and of Kahana, and there were no seats. There were no uh, felt cushions for them, and therefore he didn't want to sit down until they had a seat. Okay, we'll stop here, and as Hashem will pick up again after B'Av